As the racing season winds down, the separation season begins. Now, when I say separation season, I don't mean the season to separate yourself from racing, although that's exactly what many of your competitors are doing. And that provides an opportunity for you to separate from the pack. Within This Is Bracket Racing Elite, we focus on growth year-round, but the gains, they're, they're small, they're incremental during race season for two reasons. Number one, because your attention as a racer is split, right? You've got upkeep, maintenance, travel, all the things involved with the racing season, in addition to a focus on your own growth. And because other racers are working hard at that time too. It's this time of year, this separation season, where putting in the work can really allow you a leg up on the competition. If you're serious about doing just that, and you'd like to surround yourself with a group of knowledgeable trainers and accountable peers with the tools, the resources, the wisdom to help you take that next step, and perhaps even with the occasional kick in the pants to keep you on track, this is Bracket Racing Elite is the answer. We've helped thousands of racers just like you take the next step toward becoming the best version of themselves on the racetrack. Elite can help you do the same. Enrollment is open as of Monday, November 27th, and it closes December 8th. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite. The IHRA Summit Sportsman Spectacular will take place at Dragway 42 in West Salem, Ohio this weekend, May the 17th through the 19th. New to the Summit Sportsman Spectacular in 2019, racers will be able to earn track championship points. Stay tuned for more exciting details. Did you know that ThisIsBracketRacing.com is more than just our premier membership community, This Is Bracket Racing Elite? ThisIsBracketRacing.com offers not only written and video trainings designed to help you improve as a racer, but also a myriad of free resources designed around sportsman drag racing. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. I'm Big Jed, Jared Pennington. He's cool hand Luke Bogacki. If you're a regular listener, thank you for your patronage. If you're new, you'll probably catch on soon enough. Our goal is to shed some light on the events, news, and issues in sportsman drag racing and the stars within it. Big Jed, what's up? Luke? Uh, doing well, doing well. Just uh, getting ready to talk about some racing with you and... Ready to um, get to some racing again this weekend. I'm I missed last weekend because we had lots of rain and stuff. So I'm I'm itching a little bit. Ready to get on the racetrack? About yourself? Well, it's episode 129, and I don't I don't think that we're capable of fooling the regular listener into thinking that we spend a lot of time prepping for the Sportsman Drag Racing <laughs> podcast. That they, they probably know better if they've heard a couple episodes. But I would say this week is right up there in terms of lack of prep. Like, we're, I don't have much. <laughs> With that so said, it's going to be a great episode, so make sure you stick around for the next 40, 50 minutes. The issue that we have, Jed, is last weekend was Mother's Day weekend. That's a good thing. It's yes. a bad thing for racing. There's not much scheduled on top of Mother's Day for good reason. Yes. Uh, 
but uh, it leaves a little bit of a void for us. Thankfully, we do have the weekend prior that had a good bit of action. We'll get to that. But I'm looking for some filler here. So I'm trying to think, like, what should we talk about? What can we lead this show with? I got a couple ideas, okay? Okay. I'll just spitball them running by you. I thought we could talk. We actually, I didn't have this on my list, but off air, we were talking a little bit about uh, television sitcoms. Should we go there? Yes, uh, we had a great conversation. I, I'm afraid that I'm going to expose myself here, but yes, I'm all in. Okay, so uh, what are you watching these days? Well, I'm Luke. Uh, I was very open with uh, with the girlfriend, and we uh, talked about it right before the show. And Grey's Anatomy is man, it's it's really got on me, and I can't I can't go without checking it out i'm loving what's happening there and as you talked about it's a really busy show <laughs> a lot of things going on that's obviously not real life but Grey's anatomy is where it's at for me right now and this is us is probably coming in a close second and yourself whoa whoa i like i was on board with the Grey's anatomy thing to some extent we we had a little bit of a conversation here i i cannot pretend to not <laughs> have 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 set through several episodes of Grey's. It's it's one of my wife's favorites. Like I can tolerate it. It's not way up on my list, but above this is us. Now that's blasphemy. <laughs> I, there's not much TV that I get into. We were talking off air. This is us and a million little things. Everything else, I, I kind of take or leave. But and you don't mess with those two in my book. But to each his own. Grey's Grey's is cool. Grey's is good, but a million little things. I, I'm. Uh, did not even know that existed, but you and producer Mark both have me convinced that I need to get dialed into that show. So I'm looking forward to checking out a million little things and seeing what I think about it. I'll, I'll come back with a review on the next show. Yeah, absolutely. You and all of our listeners, do yourself a favor. Check that out. Awesome television. I thought, Jed, we could spend some time talking about our kids, but then I realized, like, okay, outside of their parents, nobody cares about anybody's kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably not a great idea, right? We can kind of glaze over that. Speaking of which, JJ's top 10, we have not forgot about it. Oh. That's coming back. It's coming back soon. We're not going to get to it in today's show, but soon. Right? JJ's top 10, we haven't forgot about it. It's still a regular feature. We realize that we're struggling because JJ is not carrying the show. He will be back. Yeah. Yes, he will be back. And uh, he is, as always, presented by uh, Armed Forces Racing we want to give them their due and, and get J.J. back on here to highlight some of these great performances that has happened so far this year. So, guys, apologize for not having him, but that's we're going to fix that very soon. I thought we could talk NBA playoffs. Okay. Yeah, I got nothing yeah. there, yeah. really. Well, I'm very sad. Okay. That was hard for me. I'm a, I'm a 76ers fan. I don't know if you saw how that series ended. I did see that, how that series ended. That The basketball hit everything but the concession stand. <laughs> <laughs> when when it sh- was shot and Kawhi Leonard ended our playoff run last night. So I really there couldn't care only, less from this point. There's 40,000 people in the building that knew Kawhi was going to take that shot because they yeah. didn't have nothing else. Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, Philadelphia ran everybody at him, and it still didn't work. He still hit it. So uh, it was oh so heartbreaking. Pictures. Did you see just recently, as we record this at least, uh, John Beeline leaving Michigan headed to the NBA? Yeah, that was a very interesting move, and um, I think he's a great coach. But sometimes they're just great college coaches. I don't know if that uh, if that translates or transfers over to the pro game. We'll see. He's a great coach. What was the correlation we used? Like 
I forget what the topic was, but like we were going to morph together Peter Biondo and Scotty Richardson and Wes May and all of them make like the super great drag racer. And my argument was they still couldn't do something. I don't even remember where I went with it, but that, yeah. that applies right here because Beeline's awesome, but you could morph together like John Wooden, Phil Jackson, Lenny Wilkins, like however, right? And make the ultimate basketball coach. They're taking a job in Cleveland. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what what's he going to do? Now, they, Cleveland does have... Pray they get uh, Zion. Yeah, obviously they want Zion. Cleveland does have, um, uh, you know, Alabama's one-and-done point guard, Colin Sexton. So they got a little something to work with there at the point, and they just got to build around him. And, you know, maybe that'll happen. But the pro game, that's so... I mean, that's their job. I mean, who really has the ability to get grown men, all grown men, to do their job? Nobody has that ability. So <laughs> eh, maybe they'll get lucky. Maybe they won't. We'll see. Coaching might be a little overrated. Jake's yeah, hot take of the day. Yeah. Jake's hot take. Okay. I thought about talking about SIU's new coach and recruiting class because that's exciting to me. And then I remembered, I think our listenership is up. I think we're up to about a dozen listeners. <laughs> but 11 of them don't give a damn about SIU's recruiting <laughs> class. So I'm going to move past that. I thought about like the hot topic seems to be Game of Thrones. Never watched an episode of Game of Thrones. I got nothing. Nothing. Never have and never will. And then the only other thing, like we touched on Mother's Day, and I mean, I don't think you can go wrong talking about mothers. And occasionally, my mother listens to the podcast, so I'll just shout out my mom. Like, she normally we do shout outs to the end, but yeah, I'll shout out Mama Bogacki. Well, happy late Mother's Day, Mama Bogacki, and we appreciate you listening. And I'll shout out my wife, too, because obviously she's a, a very important mother in my life and does an amazing job, and I would not be where I am without her. But I was actually I was trying to kill a little bit of time here because our guy, if you couldn't tell with this segment, trying to kill a little bit of time, our main man, Alan Reinhardt. Has Alan been on the show? We no, he has Alan. not. We, we do didn't. need Alan. you got to get Reinhardt on the show. Put that on the list, producer Mark. Reinhardt tweeted this yesterday, uh, or, or on Mother's Day, I should say, if you can't tell we're recording on Monday. <laughs> the tweet is, Mom, I'm sorry for all the stuff I did when I was a kid. If it helps, you only know about half of it. Yes. <laughs> yes. And the funniest part of that is, like, I can hear it coming out of Alan's mouth. Oh, yes. Yes, he would deliver that excellent, I'm sure. Okay, we do so, need Alan, so that's, that's a very good point. Good to have him on our list. Which our list, by the way, our interview list is it's starting to pile up, and it is freaking awesome. These interviews are going to be wonderful. How about the last three? I mean, I don't. We set the bar pretty high between Kyle Seipel, Edmund Richardson, and of course last episode the Peep Show. Yeah, it's good stuff there. But I, I agree. I'm with you. I think what's coming. I don't want to spill all the beans. Just like stay tuned, subscribe to the Drag Racing Podcast. We got some good stuff in the works here. Yeah, I agree. Can't wait. Very excited. Okay, Jed, we've exhausted my list of non-racing things to talk about. So let's get into what people, I guess, really want to hear. I hope uh, if you're still here, <laughs> we appreciate yeah. it. Thanks for humoring us. And um, here is what everyone's talking about inside the world of drag racing. Gotta hear this. This week on what everyone is talking about. Jed, I don't know necessarily if this is what everyone's talking about, but I'll just insert right here and say if you're not talking about this, if you're not aware of this, this is what you should be talking about. Because Big Jed. 
you are the talk of the town. If you are not, you should be. If our listeners will remember, we recorded an episode of the Sports and Drag Racing podcast prior to the Spring Fling Million, in which Jed just, in a very passerby type way, said, ah, yeah, peeps won the million. Like, five days later, guess who won the million? Peeps Pennington. Wow. Okay, cool. And we yeah. joked about it after the fact and said, we'll get to my part of this because I want to make sure nobody's undercut me here. But uh, on a previous episode, two weeks ago, on Sports from Drag Racing Podcast, okay, Jed, let's see how strong your powers of fortune-telling, psychic ability really are. Who's going to win the 50 grander at Galat, at the Spring Fling Galat? And you said, ah, I'll go with Tommy Cable. So <laughs> here I am. Was it Saturday morning, right? The 50 was supposed to be Friday evening. Uh, had a little bit of rain, got pushed. The, the last couple of rounds got pushed into Saturday. And I just happened to bring up Twitter. I'm like, oh, let's see what's happening in Galat. And I clicked the live feed as the, the semifinal pairing goes down. I didn't know who had the buy run in front of it. But the pairing, I hear Tommy Cable gets to win. I'm like, wait. Or maybe it was Bobby Mowat gets to win and he'll face Tommy Cable in the final. Like, and that was the end. I went, wait, what? And I immediately texted you and I said, did I just hear that Tommy Cable's going to the final? And you said, yes, Tommy Cable won the 50, just as you predicted. Now, I jokingly said in a prior episode that I kind of called dibs, like the next big event on the bracket racing schedule is the SFG 500, Martin, Michigan. Uh, I plan on going. So I said, just, you know, hey, can you, can you, can you throw a little bone my way? If that's still in play, Jed. I jokingly text you this. I'll leave for Martin tomorrow just to make sure I got a good parking spot. That's great. <laughs> Explain well, to us your psychic abilities. How's how, what? What do you got going on here? Well, I mean, let's be honest. It's not like I, again. I went out on a very thin limb. I, I picked a couple of guys that are as good as anybody in the sport to win. Great equipment. Great drivers. Uh, history of winning. Turn on wind lights at those facilities. So. It ain't like I just reached in a hat and pulled out some schmuck. All right. I picked Peeps Pennington and Tommy Cable. Those are two all-stars in our sport. Now, Jed, I'm out. Yeah. We're talking about the Spring Fling Million and the Spring Fling Galat. If the qualifications to make a pick are not some schmuck, you still have 300 racers to choose from. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean... It is what it is. I just got lucky, obviously. I mean, I, I, you know, I know Peeps does well at Vegas, and he was due, and Tommy turns on tons of wind lights at Galat every year. Don't know if he was due or not, but he, he was just a good name to pick, and I got lucky. I got real lucky. Now, where I have failed, I feel like, is when I made my Facebook post uh, about these two picks that both were five days prior to the event and i went ahead and and did the early pick for myself i picked me to win the the fall fling 500k in september Good i shouldn't job. have done that i should have waited till mm. five days prior so oh, i might have saying, to, i might have ruined it for myself too well no you're not you haven't been officially picked ah okay so there's a loophole i like loopholes yeah, okay so we'll, yep. we'll go on we'll record the monday prior to the SFG 500, and, you know, we'll see how it plays out. I, I'll talk to you prior to the show, see how your mind is. If your mind's right, um, you're my horse, and we'll see where it goes from there. But 
So I'm I have been asked consideration. Uh, no <laughs> you problems. are. Yeah, you I, are. Can, I can screw that up. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I have been asked quite a bit by people uh, through the Facebook post to pick them to win. So you know, it's obviously I can't will you to uh, winner circle, but if you got your crap together leading up to the race, you know, you just might get picked. Who knows where to go from there? So well, that's the problem I'm probably going to have is having my crap together. I normally don't get there. I'm curious. I missed the post-race interview with Tommy. If you listen, those of you that listen to our to the Peep Show podcast a week ago, it was pretty apparent, even though I tried to gently nudge him in a different direction, it was pretty apparent that your pick had, had zero impact on Peeps. I'm curious, was your pick the vote of confidence that inspired Tommy Cable's incredible run to victory in Glock? Uh, that would be a big fat no. Tommy had no idea he was picked, and uh, I revealed that in the winner's circle, which uh, he thought, just like Peeps, he thought that was pretty incredible that was able to pick the winner, but really it was just a bunch of luck. But no, it did not help him get him refocused or, or more focused or any of that. He just drove really well, aside from, Luke, aside from, so I guess it was at five cars, he raced uh, Mike Illig from Michigan and Illig had him dead to rights. He was, Tommy was done. He wasn't winning that one and squeaked that one out. And when he did that, when I looked at the board, as I was calling, I was like, well, you know, I got close, but Tommy's not going to win. Whoa, Tommy did win. Unbelievable. Illig breaks out a few thou. Tommy was beat. And then he just got nasty after that and got it done. So uh, I would say uh, he got his lucky break and I got my luck by picking the winner again. I'm probably done picking winners for a while. I mean, actually, oh, no. Winners. no, I'm going to pick a winner. But <laughs> no, actually it's, getting it's, it right. We got to ride this out at least. Yeah, I mean, for both of our sakes, like two more events, but definitely one. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that this is but that take right there, that, that quarterfinal round, that's the kind of inside baseball that I'm here for, that our listeners are here for. And Big Jed, you were at Galat all weekend. I could sit here and read off, rattle off results. I wasn't there. Take us inside. Walk us through the weekend. The week. Well, it was a it was a great week as always. Uh, full field there for the spring fling a lot. You know that facility is just unbelievable. I've been there now three times, and if it does anything, it gets nicer every time we're there. Challenging week with the weather, but they got it started off really well. Tuesday had their test and tune, and with an interruption or two, I believe, and then Wednesday, really nice day. We're red hot. Gary Williams got the $15,000 warm-up win, Luke, over John Tolisano. Uh, John, I think, is another Florida racer Gary was very familiar with. So those guys had a really good time battling one another. And uh, Gary got his name on another big check. And then Thursday came to start the 20-granders, which uh, they sandwiched the 50-grander on Friday that we just talked about. But Thursday, uh, David Wright got the win over the aforementioned Gary Williams and Gary with another big final round um, coming up a little short there in that 20k. Gary won the 15k in the dragster. He is in um, the little extended cab S10 that uh, someone else owns that he was driving uh, in Thursday's race as well, and he ran it up in that. So took a dragster and a door car to the final just to show Gary multi-talented as always. But David Wright, uh, that was a big win for him. Luke. 20k payday he told me in the winter circle this first time he's won anything like that and he was a really humble excited guy and 
in the interview, a lot of times, you know, it's hard to think. You're just responding to the questions you're asked, so it's hard to think about everything you want to think about. But David did reach out to us and said, you know, I didn't really think about all this in the, the post-race interview, but he wanted to make sure that he mentioned that he won a new motor the week prior or got he got a new motor the week prior. Yeah, like they dropped yeah. it in, I think, untested to go to Galat was my understanding, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he put that in. So he wanted to shout out to the guys at PAR. Uh, Duggins and the gang there gave him a great piece, uh, really nice something to work with, and he wanted to make sure he got a shout out to those guys, American race cars, and uh, he wanted to shout out to you, and uh, and this is Bracket Racing Elite. David was a member for quite some time, and he, he even shared that with me in the winter circle um, off uh, – off the mic that you know he got a lot out of that and that was really helpful to him as he was progressing through what was the biggest win of of his career thus far so couldn't think about all that in the interview he wanted to make sure we knew to mention that when we discussed this so great to see david get the win and gary another final round then came friday cool cool shouts to to david thanks for the shout to elite how about those first two days big jet i assume you were you were hitting this pretty heavy on the mic like there is north carolina but the first two days were all florida all the time yes it was all florida all the time um obviously super talented racers there we've talked about many times on the show but gary being the the one that was carrying the flag for him but obviously a lot of florida talent going to final rounds and late round appearances there which is pretty normal uh, i think skinny skinny even uh, got his name in the mix there in the late rounds as well which i don't know if he claims ohio or florida now these days but ohio i guess so we get to get to friday's 50k yeah well all the florida guys they want to claim ray ray they want to claim underwood <laughs> you know what i mean it's one of those yeah. things speaking of g-dub obviously putting on a show the first couple of days there in galat that match race we teased this before g-dub sr gary williams scotty richardson mm-hmm. Did I see that that's actually going to take place at the Dream Team Challenge at Memphis just in the next couple of weeks? That is what I'm hearing. Ah, that. That'll be good stuff. You know, there was a little bit of smack talk uh, going on at the at the event, too. Uh, I was hearing a little bit from both sides through the grapevine. So, you know, I think this is a real thing. I think those guys are going to square up for some real money and see how it works out you know we we obviously had the brit and johnny brackett racer thing that's uh they've done two out of three they're one to one i don't know when and if that one's going to finish it might finish as well at the dream team challenge but i think scotty and uh and g-dub are going to square it up too so that'll be fun to watch we need more of that we do need more of that five grand to run right i've been here five g's per pass Ooh. all right yeah there's a sphincter aspect to that that's, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's for real i'd pucker up pretty good myself <laughs> uh, i may be done after one run win or lose so luke obviously uh friday's 50k was uh, the the feature race at the the k&n spring fling a lot and we talked about it just now where tommy cable got that win that was huge for tommy uh he's he's running up a 50 i think there couple of years ago and now got his name on the big check so it was great to see tommy get that win got the win over bobby moat which uh, bobby's not a florida racer but he's dang close he is in way down south georgia right on the florida georgia line so uh, tie, tie. Uh, yeah tie tie georgia that's right you gotta be careful when you say that don't say it wrong but uh, bobby it was good to see bobby get to a big final round like that i know that was huge for him and tommy obviously celebrating getting the win it was a challenging day 
I don't think that's any news to anybody. I think a lot of people are tuning in. Lots of rain showers and just stuff going on. They actually had to finish the Friday 50 on Saturday morning. Luke, I can't remember, but it seems like they had 30-some-odd entries to wrap up Saturday morning. Did a wonderful job of that. Got that done. Got Tommy's winter circle done. Carried forward with the Saturday 20K, which they decided since Friday ran into Saturday and delayed that somewhat. Their mission is to wrap up on Saturday and get everybody home at a decent time, get you away from the facility and back home on Sunday so you're not driving all night before you go to work Monday morning. They stuck to that promise and idea and took the buyback out of Saturday's program to make sure that the race got finished and the racer's experience was what they intended it to be, which you know does not work out very good financially for the promoters. When you take the buyback out of a race, it's got a buyback in it. But it's all about the racer's experience. So kudos to Peter, Kyle, and Emily for the decision they made to uh, try to get that done. And they almost did it. Shane Maddox and Will Holloman were sitting in the lanes for the final run. We were literally 45 seconds to a minute from getting those guys to the water box. And it started raining and just didn't let up. So they had to split and flip for the trophy and the... Winter circle check. Actually, I don't think they flipped for it. I think they just decided one would take one, one take the other. But that was going to be a good final round. Shane Maddox and Will Holloman, both excellent, excellent racers. So they did not get to square up for the final. They just split the money, what was left evenly, and um, went to the house. And then we wrapped it up with the Todd's Extreme Paint MVP Award, which if you've been listening to these results, it would be no surprise that one Gary Williams was the Todd's Extreme Paint MVP. Got a $1,000 check from Todd's Extreme Paint. Got a a Simpson carbon fiber Devil Ray helmet that uh, was painted up by Todd's Extreme Paint. Beautiful paint job on that. MVP on the helmet itself. MVP. G-Duck. He was the MVP, too. Great performance by him. And uh, just all around another great event at the Galat Motorsports Park Spring Fling. A really good time. Got hammered on the track, though, Luke. Did you? I mean, okay. It's just ridiculous. What is being done to me in the other lane right now is downright rude. It really is. And I drove good. I let go 50 one time, just blew it. But other than that, I let go as good as I can. Car was good and just wasn't even in the game. I mean, got abused. Be kind to your local announcer. Yeah, treat me better than that, guys. That's ridiculous. Take it it easy on Jed. Jed, one thing I want to circle back on the $50,000 runner-up. We talked a little bit about Tommy Cable, runner-up Bobby Mowat. It seems like I saw a Facebook post post from Bobby. A, I think that was his birthday weekend. That's always a plus. B, I believe it was the first time out all season. And similarly to David Wright, almost certain it was the first time out with a new combination. So that ended well. So my my takeaway from this is, and and I realize this is just two of the the 10 finalists, but work with me, okay? In order to do well at the Spring Fling Galat, you needed a new combination. You need to make a post about it on Facebook, and you needed to be a longtime member of This Is Bracket Racing Elite. Hey, (laughs) David Wright, shouts to Bobby Mowat. Yeah, very well done. And Luke, before I wrap up Spring Fling Galat, the... The coolest thing there was a gentleman from Pennsylvania racing a real buggy. You like to talk about buggies. You you talk about 
buggies that are like hundred thousand dollar race cars, and we call them buggies. This was a buggy. Okay, this was like a twenty seven. Explain bucket. Explain the difference, Jed. Well, <laughs> like the buggies you talk about are left hand steer hundred thousand dollar race cars, like sixty three Corvettes and those things. This was a. It looked like a coffin with the top off of it, and it was a twenty seven T bucket. <laughs> roadster that he straddled the transmission and like raced it with goggles and open face helmet like it was a really cool car i don't mean to downplay it because it, it's his weapon and he drove it extremely well i mean really won a ton of rounds and and no offense to this gentleman he he's had a birthday or two i mean he's he's been around a minute but his name was chet dragon and wait what? I, yeah dragon like the fire breathing like prehistoric eat stuff people cars whatever like you see in the movies he his name was chet dragon now, i don't know when's the last time a, a parents named their little boy chet in the united states probably been a minute and then the last name dragon you serious it was awesome he was top 10 name blue hay ball obviously, i was about to my, say blue did, i was just gonna ask you does that give blue a run for his money it does give blue a run for his money chet dragon i mean Really, like when somebody beats him, you know, they were Dragon Slayer. It was so many puns you could do it. And, I mean, if I had a child my last name was Dragon, wouldn't I name him, like, Purple or I'm, I, <laughs> odd name, like Purple Dragon? Like, when you say call and roll call, Purple Dragon. Here, you know, present. Like, oh, Everybody's I, attention. I was fascinated with his last name and his, his weapon of choice. Uh, so, shout out. For me, I'm not. I don't do the shout out section, but shout out from me to Chet Dragon. It was uh, a lot of fun calling your lap, sir. Okay, so we got Chet Dragon, we got Blue Hayball. I think you said before Race Kid's on the list somewhere, right? Most definitely, Race Kid is a is a top ten name. Holden Dial. Yes, yes. Okay, that yeah. All right, what else? What else? Jeff Jeff Duck. That's a good one. That's and, a, and as we've established on the show, Jeff not typically a duck. No, no, he he races really well. <laughs> So yeah, that's uh, that's some of the ones that just pop into my head right off the bat. Um, great names, great racing names, just great names in general. But this guy's last name was Dragon, <laughs> and not like not like you're dragging down the racetrack. It was Dragon like the animal. So yeah, with definitely with the O, not with the I. Yeah. Got it. It's awesome. Wow. Okay, I have no idea how, but we're gonna transition from that to <laughs> the uh, the NHRA Southern Nationals and. Uh, Commerce Georgia. I don't have much to report from the ATL. Super Comp, Super Comp winner. I'm going to do my best here. I'm going to butcher this, and this is bad because I know Trené. I know the first name is Trené. Trené Crisone? It's a Cajun thing. Is it, yeah. Have you got this, Jed? Can, can you correct me? No, I've seen the name, and I, I will just let you go ahead and continue to do whatever you're doing to it. Okay. I'm cool with that. Trené. Supercomp winner. And the reason that that's notable is Trené is putting together a pretty solid season. It is the year of Ray Ray. We've discussed that at length. Ray Ray, three divisional event wins plus a national event runner up already. Definitely the front runner for this year's Supercomp National Championship. But along the way to victory at Atlanta, Trené finally ended that reign of terror for Ray Ray. Ray Ray was red, actually, but I believe that they met up. It was either second or – I think it was third round. And Trené goes on to win. Uh, I believe that's his first national event win. It bookends a season for him that began 
with a divisional event win in Houston. And if anybody at this point is going to make a run at Ray Ray, it could be Kevin Wright. It could be Jonathan Anderson, both off to good starts. Trinae throws his hat in that ring with two now wins on the young season to make a run at potentially uh, a top 10 finish and ultimately possibly a Super Comp National Championship if Ray Ray lets off the gas a little bit and shows um, like an ability to be human at some point between now and the end of the season. Also at Atlanta, the only other class that stood out to me was, speaking of domination, Ray Ray's got nothing on Craig Bourgeois. I know we don't talk a ton about Comp Eliminator. It seems like I say that every episode. Maybe we talk more about Competition Eliminator than I think. But Bourgeois, national event win at Atlanta. And that's notable because he's got a pretty good year going, Jed. Decent? Yep. Okay. To this point. That's uh, a word for it. Decent, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, he, it's, he's not without flaw. Because it was the uh, the divisional event in Houston back in late March that Craig Bourgeois lost a round. It happened to be the final round, but he lost. So he's not perfect. Uh, he also has four now event wins. And those are the only five races he's been to. Four wins, one runner up. It has, we've seen competition eliminator seasons in the past that required a perfect score to win the championship. I think Rampy went perfect one year fairly recently but it's sure looking like if you want to win a national championship in competition eliminator there ain't much margin for error because i have a feeling mr bourgeois is just getting started wins on the national side at gainesville and now atlanta wins on the divisional side at both ends of the double event in dallas plus the runner-up at the divisional event in houston it's a pretty fair start big jeb yeah, that's a great start, and basically what it's starting to look like is if you are racing Comp Eliminator and you fail to go to the final in two races, just go ahead and find you something else to do, because pretty much Bourgeois, if he continues this, will be unstoppable. So, Racing in Competition Eliminator without a front-engine dragster with front tires that are taller than the rear tires is akin to racing any other category without a buggy in 2019 it's just not going to work out <laughs> uh so luke uh, there was a divisional uh lucas oil divisional race at national trail raceway uh, what stood out to you there devin eisenhower defending reigning i don't like the word defending reigning super gas national champion started his title defense again i don't like defense i don't know why i use that god i can be better at this in columbus it was his first event of the season he did not win super gas he did win Super Comp, uh, another category in which Devin was a top 10 finisher from last season. Devin, friend of the podcast, been on the show, extremely talented young racer, gets his season off to a great start. And another extremely talented young, uh, albeit less heralded to this point in his career, young racer, also got his first Wally in Columbus. That was one Logan Galbraith. Logan is the youngest son of competition eliminator standout Troy Galbraith. He got the win in stock eliminator in an N-stock automatic machine on the heels of a heads-up final round win. You don't see many heads-up clashes in N-automatic, much less in the final. But this was that, and Logan Galbraith yeah. got the win. Yeah, got the big win there as uh, Ken Friedman turned it red, and uh, that was uh, the only couple of things that stood out to us there. So congrats to Devin uh, continuing his winning ways, and Logan getting uh, one of 
is probably going to be many for him as the years move on. Look, there was another Lucas Oil race at uh, Firebird Raceway where Scott Burton got the win in stock, uh, nearly ran his son Brad in the final, but uh, Sorensen got the runner-up spot there and was able to keep Brad from making the final with his pops. And uh, Dustin Wirtz, a guy we know that runs uh, the bracket races out there, the big bracket races, comes out to the Spring Fling Million. He got the win in top dragster. One of your elite guys got the big win in comp. That was pretty cool. Yeah, a couple of our elite guys, with Dustin getting the win in top dragster, Ryan Warder, another This Is Bracket Racing elite member with the win in competition, Eliminator. And I had noted the, the Burton win in stock, namely because Scott actually debuted a new-to-him car. It's a uh, Cobra Jet, I believe, that he was running. We actually ran in class eliminations at Vegas. And that was the first time that he sat in the car. It was also the first and only, to date, time that I sat in Justin Lamb's car. So we were laughing in the staging lanes about how we weren't particularly comfortable in our new surroundings, so it was going to take a few laps, and laughed after, you know, like we screwed up first round both in the main event. And uh, it didn't take long for Scott to get welcomed <laughs> into his new surroundings. Uh, I believe that was the next race that he went to, got the stock eliminator win. And as you had mentioned, nearly a father-son final, which would have been super cool. Scott versus Brad, Joe Sorensen got in the way of that. And I thought, oh man, like Brad really screwed that up. Okay. <laughs> Sorensen was 20 total in the semis. It's 12 dead on eight. So I guess I'll give yeah. Brad a break there. That's pretty difficult to get under a quarter mile stock eliminator. Pretty good lap. And um, the only other thing of note, Luke, is oh it's, yes, it's like it's like we buried already, the lead. Yeah, they're they've already given up uh, because it was the year of the Pinto. It was declared last year that this year would be the year of the Pinto. Based and now on this guy. Yeah, based largely on this guy, as you said. And now we've decided it's the year of the buggy instead of the Pinto. And it's like the Pinto's given up because Derek Elam was a no show. Maybe, maybe, you don't give us, we're journalists, Chad. Give us a little bit of credit. We saw this coming. <laughs> this is, this is why it's now the year of the buggy. It's no longer the year of the Pinto. I got a little inside information. I don't know. I think you were, I, I think you were tagged maybe in this Facebook post. I thought, I, I, I don't even, I should have brought it up so I could inform the listeners. We'll do a little bit of investigative reporting. But the way I understand it is that the Pinto that Derek Elam drove to such great success in 2018. I think he was in three divisional finals, right? In like a uh, W automatic Pinto, right? Yeah. Okay. You're right. So this uh, I've been calling it for six months. Derek Elam, it's the year of the Pinto. Derek Elam's going to win the world championship. Derek Elam wasn't, I don't even think he was entered at Boise. He certainly wasn't in the Pinto. And the truth comes out, the Pinto was owned by some dude in Illinois. And he, like, brought it back home for his son or somebody to race it. Derek Elam's no longer at the wheel. So maybe this other Pinto driver will win Indy and redeem Pintos for the season. But, it, like, it's just – I don't want to say hope is lost because, again, we still got Brian Hughes out there. But, yeah, this was just continued disappointment on the Pinto front. No Derek Elam, no Pinto, no W Stock Automatic. Just reaffirming the notion it is the year of the buggy. Yeah, and in Derek Elam's defense, if somebody took away the Pinto that I love to race, you know, I'd have a hard time getting motivated to get back to the track and anything else either. So we get it, Derek. Hopefully you find a new ride soon. So, Luke, that takes us to Sacramento, where 
I really don't know what all happened in Sacramento and really don't care. Uh, just to be honest, because of this headline caught me on Facebook. And the guy that won Super Street, Sacramento, this was a divisional, if I remember right. Or was it a national open or something? National open, yeah. National open, okay. Uh, a lot like a divisional, but it was a national open. So the guy that wins Super Street uh, won it in a Chevelle that – you know, looks like your not your average Super Street car, but it looks a lot like the cars that you'll see in Super Street from time to time. No big deal. He drove it to the track. That's a pretty big deal in itself. Okay, so the guy that won Super Street drove the car to the racetrack, entered it, and won Super Street. Pretty darn cool, if you ask me. I think that's extra style points. So as it turns out, the guy that won Super Street that drove his Chevelle to the racetrack and won in that Chevelle stayed at the racetrack in his little travel trailer. It looked like a, maybe a 20, 22-footer, something like that. His travel trailer that is his accommodations while he's at the racetrack. Okay, that's cool. You know, maybe somebody brought that for him, set it up in the pits. No. The Chevelle had a trailer hitch on it, Luke, and he hooked the travel trailer to the Chevelle that he drove to the track and won Super Street in, and he pulled his travel trailer to the track to stay in it. Pretty cool. Very good point, Mark. That was something that I remembered from the post. Producer Mark's making sure I get it all, all the cool points. So he's got a Chevelle that he drove to the track. Whoa, wait, what? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. He (laughs) drove to the track, entered Super Street, and won. He pulled his travel trailer with the Chevelle to the track, Enter Super Street in one. His Chevelle is powered by a Duramax diesel. I see it on the license plate now. Duramax 2. Yeah. <laughs> in the lanes, Luke. You're sitting in the lanes. Your Duramax is just sitting there dieseling right there. You got a trailer hitch on it. You pulled your travel trailer, set it up, enter Super Street and won it. And then hooked your travel trailer up, took it to the winter circle for the pictures, and drove it all home. Why wouldn't you? I, I'm going to say it wasn't even for show for the picture. Like he just was, he got everything hooked up. It's time to go home. Oh, we got to take the picture. Well, yeah. just take a trailer up there. Exactly. Bring so it all to the. This is no, I'm staring at a winter circle picture. Rick Fietes. Is it Fietes or Flet? Flet? Like, Flet yes, I think it's an L. F F L E T E S. Rick Fletes. Fleet Fleets. Okay. Rick. Super Street winner. I'm staring at him and his wife, I assume, girlfriend, maybe. They're holding the Wally in the Winter Circle, Sacramento Raceway. Beautiful Chevelle in the background yeah. that I had no idea was powered by a Duramax diesel. I could have been clued in if I'd have looked at the license plate. Again, Duramax 2. And behind it, the old Sunlight Classic travel trailer. Rick, Fleets. I'm going to go with Fleets. My new hero. This is fantastic. Coolest thing ever. I don't care if there was... Three and a half cars entered in Super Street. That right? doesn't matter how many people was there, what the competition was like. The dude drove his crap there with a trailer hooked to it. And it was Duramax Power Chevelle. Entered it and won. About the coolest thing that's going to happen all year for me. Producer uh, Mark, this this photo that I'm staring at right now, this has got to – we've buried the lead. We're 40 minutes in. This is the headline photo on the Facebook post for the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast this week. This should have been what everybody's talking about. Rick? Yes. Fleets, Fleetas, Fietas, Rick, you're the man. <laughs> yes, really, really cool. 
I mean, we've all heard about, you know, Larry Larson driving to the track and uh, Larry Larson, but you, you're talking about a $150,000 car. They, yeah. He, he set it up to drive up and down the road. This dude drove his Chevelle. This got a Duramax in it and pulled his trailer winner of style points right there. Wonderful job by you, sir. Look, there was a couple other things that happened there, but... Um, yeah, the only other thing I wanted to just touch on again, like I'm showing my elite bias from um, Sacramento, shout out to David Meyer and his mother. They combined for three Wallys on the weekend at Sacramento. I don't remember the details now. I think that David won one on the top, one on the bottom. His mother won one on the top, like super pro bracket. Three Wallys in one weekend, one family. That's impressive. Very, very cool. Yeah, I agree with that. So shout out to David Meyer. Wonderful but, job by you. As impressive as that was, Jed, and as impressive as, as Rick in a Super Street win was, it's not quite as impressive as what we determined to be this week's BTE Who's Hot. He's on fire! It's time for Who's Hot in Sportsman Drag Racing. BTE staff is selected directly from the racing community. From sales to manufacturing, each member of their staff is a performance enthusiast. With multiple world championships and number one qualifiers, they offer expert, professional, technical advice for your racing operation. See our staff directory. Our commitment to your success is part of our own. So, Luke, uh, we hinted about uh, how hot this uh, BT Who's Hot Driver is this week, but I mean, pretty darn impressive, especially the part of the country where this is done, because I know how much talent's out there uh, out in the Southwest. But the Windmill Nationals was held uh, this past weekend, and our BT Who's Hot Driver of the Week got a runner-up in Saturday's no-box race. Okay, so you're thinking, that's, that's not really that hot, but sounds pretty good. He won the Super Pro side, same day, Saturday. Runner-up box, no-box, excuse me, wins box. Same car. Same car. Comes back in Sunday's no box race and wins. These are five granders too. This is not, you know, this is not uh, little races. These are good races. Comes back in Sunday, wins the no box side of it. Very, very impressive performance by Mad Max McLaughlin. Uh, Mad Max um, is solidifying that it's the year of the buggy. I was about to say, Jed, you, you're burying the lead again. Tell us the best part. He's in a buggy, so I'm not great at the roaster, but this is that's like a brogy, like brogy style. Yeah, I don't know if brogy it's actually style. a brogy, but yeah, yeah, that style. If you picture okay. brogy roadster, Max's might even be like an extended wheelbase. It looks long. Yeah, brogy style roadster. Um, he he does swap feet, and in the the bottom bulb side, and then obviously let's go on the top bulb side. Just phenomenal performance by him. Uh, this was the Windmill Nationals again at Ardmore. Uh, had two 5Ks, top and bottom. Uh, again, he goes to three final rounds in two days and gets a couple of wind lights, one on the top, one on the bottom, and the one runner-up on the bottom. Great performance by Mad Max McLaughlin. Glad to see him perform so well, and congratulations for being our BTE Who's Hot Racer of the Week, Mad Max. Yeah, shouts to Mad Max. Great performance. Again, two finals on the bottom, one on the top, in the same buggy uh, at Ardmore. Which, by the way, I don't want to take any of the shine off of Max's accomplishment, but we talked about awesome event names. The Windmill Nationals is is on the list. 
You're right there with the ten grand slam with the what was the footbreak race? The uh, the Bigfoot. Bigfoot, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. But they got nothing on the the most prestigious like the the marquee event at Ardmore Dragway, the Cow Pasture Nationals. <laughs> yeah, that is good. That's really good. Like that might, at least for me, that that might slide into the top spot. And the best part about it, I don't I don't think it was actually the Cow Pasture Nationals. But one of two times in my life I've raced at Ardmore, and I, I've mentioned this on the show before, I've not raced since the Carols took over. Like, I haven't been there in 20 years. But I do vividly remember racing at Ardmore in my youth and having to stop the race so that they could herd the cattle from one side of the racetrack to the other. Oh, Luke. True that didn't story. happen. No, this stuff I'm making up is true, Big Jed. This happened. <laughs> and it would that be perfect if it actually happened at the Cow Pasture Nationals. And I guess I could go revisionist history and say it did. I don't think it did in my experience. But I, I'm under the impression like that was a thing. So that, I'm sure, has happened at the Cow Pasture Nationals at our <laughs> dragway. How about that? Very cool stuff. Very cool stuff. So within those windmill nationals, obviously Mad Max was our BT who's hot. But uh, Brad Chartier... Got the win over Mad Max in the no-box final on Saturday. So, great job to Brad. Uh, Mad Max got the best of Steve Collier. How about Steve uh, easing out there and making a final round at Ardmore? Good to see that. Good to see uh, that him back was, in the seat after yeah, that no alcohol drag strength. Yeah. No doubt. And that was the Saturday box final. And then Sunday came, Mad Max run his great, maybe best friend in Jake Howard. Jake turned it red for him, and Mad Max eased on to another victory there. Congratulations to him. But, Luke, you know, here I am going to sound like a homer or biased or whatever coming up here. But we got somebody out for your heart, Big J. Yeah, I mean, Trip West. Trip West gets the Sunday box win, 5K win over Matt Driscoll. But as it turns out, Trips was announcing during no box when he was – off of his class, the box class. When he was not racing, he came up to the booth and announced no box and then goes down and just goes to him and wears him out for his 5K winter circle. So doing that double duty is a lot harder than a lot of people think, especially when there's not, you know, 400 cars. It's even more difficult because you're just up and down the stairs and calling laps. So Trip West, you, sir, get very cool points from me for whatever that's worth, which is nothing. But wonderful job by you. Congratulations being able to do some announcing and racing at the same time and doing it where you get to win. Awesome, awesome job, Trip West. Good stuff, good stuff. Maybe that ranks Trip West up high enough that he could uh, he could be under consideration for a pick at one of the bigger events later in the season. Something to keep in mind. So. Yeah, very good point, Luke. And I'll just let that slip by me that how about the name? trip west Ooh, that's a good one take a trip west i like it i like it so trip west scoring all kind of points here in the sports and drag racing podcast <laughs> no doubt Luke, let's pay some bills and we'll come back and tell them what's on tap i want to thank everybody for tuning in to make sure that you're the first to know when next week's episode is available subscribe and you can do that on Google Play. You can do that on iTunes. You can do that wherever you are accessing our show today. Just subscribe. That way that you know that you have got the latest edition of the podcast. You'll be the first to know. And do us a favor. Tell your friends about the podcast. Get your track involved by broadcasting portions of the Sportsman Drag Racing podcast over the PA on race day. 
The IHRA is returning to Dragway 42 for the 2019 season. They're bringing 5K payouts on both Saturday and Sunday for top and mod. That's electronics and no box for those of you that refer to them that way for only $150 entry. Now, along with that terrific value, the Summit Sportsman Spectacular will feature a sportsman class, motorcycles, and junior dragsters. So something for everybody. Now, there will be round prizes. There's a golf cart race, which everybody loves. And something I love a lot is a racer appreciation cookout. Come on out to Dragway 42 this weekend, May the 17th through the 19th, to see what all the Summit Sportsman Spectacular is about. You've probably caught the drift already. This is Bracket Racing Elite had a huge weekend to kick off the month away, month of May. Notable winning members included Stephen Liss with back-to-back final rounds up in Wisconsin in his first event of the season, Jimmy Francisco with his first win of his career, Justin Cooper and Brandon Lundeen made it an all-elite final round at the Supercomp shootout contested prior to the Division 6 event in Boise, and speaking of the Division 6 event in Boise, elite member Cody Lane drove to the final round of Superstock before runnering up. Dustin Wirtz got the win in Top Dragster. Ryan Warder got the win in Competition Eliminator. Reigning NHRA Supergas World Champion Devin Eisenhower got the Super Comp win at Columbus. Devin is a longtime member of This Is Bracket Racing Elite. David Meyer doubled up at the National Open in Sacramento. And Michael Holcomb got a Super Super Pro victory down at Houston Raceway Park over the weekend, plus this week's Who's Hot Award winner, Mad Max McLaughlin, in three $5,000 finals in two days up at Ardmore. Mad Max, another longtime member of This Is Bracket Racing Elite. Now, some of the guys that I just mentioned are household names. Some are not. That's the beauty of This Is Bracket Racing Elite. What we've worked to create is a roundtable discussion. Round as in there is no head of the table right? Justin Lamb, Kevin Brandon, and myself are the leaders of the group, but it is an open discussion amongst everyone involved. We've helped each of the racers that I just mentioned in their own pursuit to become the best version of themselves on the racetrack. We can help you do the same. Where are we racing next week? It's time to discuss next week's major events, news, updates, releases, and announcements. It's What's on Tap! All right. In addition to the aforementioned uh, IHRA Summit Sportsman Spectacular at Dragway 42 coming up May 17th through the 19th, we've got a laundry list of races on tap. And Big Jed, just as a little insight for our listeners... I'm under the under I'm of the understanding there's bacon frying in the background. It is oh. filling up the nostrils. You just got done with a read talking about <laughs> a, a racer's appreciation cookout. This will be the shortest ending to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast in history, despite the fact that we've got about a dozen events on tap. Dig Jed, I will let you blow through these. Uh, thank you, Luke. I appreciate that. And yes, the bacon is frying. It, it smells amazing. So, guys. Uh, this weekend, May the 17th to the 19th, the Super Door Car Challenge, uh, which is a loose rocker race, be put on at Piedmont Dragway. That's a 40 grander 
uh, surrounded by a couple of tens. Uh, be sure to check that out. That's door cars only. The 17th to the 19th is again this weekend at Huntsville Dragway. That is uh, $1,000 to win on Friday, uh, $50,000 to win on Saturday, and 10000 to win on Sunday. So huge race coming up at Huntsville Dragway in Huntsville, Alabama. That's where I'll be. We talked about the Summit and Sportsman Spectacular at Dragway 42 in West Salem, Ohio. That's, again, this coming weekend. The Virginia NHRA Nationals, Virginia for Lovers is what they say. That's uh, at Richmond. They're at Dinwiddie, actually, is where the track is. That's on the NHRA National Event side. There's a Lucas Oil Race in Division Three at Summit Motorsports Park. That's sure to be a good one. Again, this weekend is uh, Division 7 Lucas Oil Race at Auto Club Raceway at Auto Club Speedway out in California. And next weekend, the 24th through the 27th, the Great American Bracket Race and Dream Team Challenge is going to go off at Memphis International Raceway. That's uh, racing Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. So lots of racing there in Memphis and um, we'll definitely look forward to the Dream Team Challenge and see uh, the title can be defended or uh, whatever you do to a title um, for the, the team that won that last year, which is Brody Quick's team. Looking forward to that. From? From Alabama, of course. Yes. Okay. They've won every Dream Team and All-State Challenge ever been held. Uh, so May the 24th through 26th next weekend as well is the IHRA Summit Sportsman Spectacular at Darlington. That's uh, going to be another great event, and we've talked a lot about um, their Sportsman Spectacular format, so those of you in that area, get out and enjoy it. The NHRA Sports Nationals Open will be at Beach Bend Raceway in Bowling Green next weekend as well. That's always a very popular event, full of a lot of great cars and racers. The NHRA Division One Lucas Oil Race is next weekend at Maple Grove, historic racetrack there, so I'm sure that one will be packed out. And Division Four Lucas Oil Race at Osage Casino, Tulsa Raceway Park. That's uh. I had I had Trine. You can take. I think it's Osage, but I'm, I'll let you mess it up. I'm good with that. Okay. Well, I, I just did, and that's actually at Tulsa, so uh, that, that's easy enough for y'all. So everybody looks like has something that they can do over the next couple of weekends, and it looks like we're going to have an absolute long ton list of results to talk about in the next episode. <laughs> yeah, my, the episode 131 might be a long one. Yeah, it could very well be a long one. So That wraps us up, guys. This episode of the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast, number 129, by the way. Wow, 129. That's huge. Is uh, come to a close. I want to say thanks to our great sponsors, BTE and the IHRA Summit Sportsman Spectacular. We appreciate you guys very much, and folks, Go support those companies and events. By all means, make sure you get out and show them that uh, we appreciate them advertising with us here on the podcast. And now it's time for shout-outs, which I love. Producer Mark, go ahead and, and cue your mic. I'm going to involve you in this. Let's shout-out the Game of Thrones reference. Grey's Anatomy. Where else do we go with the beginning? SIU recruiting. Good stuff. Good stuff. I'll shout-out uh, Tesla. I don't even know if that was on air. That's why I wanted to bring bring Mark on here, just as from an outsider's perspective, because entertaining is not the word that I would use to classify most of our conversation. But Mark, what is more um, interesting is not a good word either. More off the wall, the introductory segment to today's show, or some of the stuff we talk about when the mic's not on. 
Well, you got to go with the mic not on. Yeah. Those, yeah, are, the best, those are the best conversations. Okay, and that's for us to know and uh, for us to to wonder about. So shout out to us. Shout out to buggies everywhere, specifically those driven by Max McLaughlin and Chet Dragon. It's the year of the buggy, without question. Shout out to David Wright. Thanks for uh, getting us straight and making sure that we got mention in for uh, what might have got left out post-race. Shouts to Stephanie Nass. If you listen to episode 127, had a little bit of fun with uh, with Stephanie and, like, well-deserved. I was just so happy, Big Jed, to see Stephanie owned it. Yeah. Right? The nickname that, that you bestowed upon her. I'll let you share it for those that missed it. Bustin. Stephanie Bustin. Nice. You gotta careful. You gotta say that very slowly. Say it fast. It's good. It's a lot better. Yes. Yeah. Try that at home. <laughs> Stephanie owned it. Is digging it. It is now on the side of her dragster nameplate. Stephanie Bustin Nass. Shouts to Stephanie. Thanks for being a good sport. Awesome stuff. I'll shout out Ty Ty Georgia. I had to think about that for a second, Jed, but I could see where you could go wrong there. Okay. Yes, Ty Ty George, right? Shouts again to Chet Dragon, because why not? Shouts to goggles and open face helmets. Did Chet Dragon really have goggles and open face helmet, or was that an exaggeration? I may have I don't want to know. You know what? Don't, just a little. don't spoil it for me. I'll take it back. Shouts to Rick Fleets and to Rick Fletes and Rick Fietes, because I have I'm sorry, Rick, I got no idea. But I'm gonna try to get them all. So shouts to all of you. This is a completely odd reference, but when we were talking about Trip West, I almost piped in, turned off my muted microphone, and said, pulling double duty. And like as I was thinking of it, you used the term double duty. So shouts to double duty. That's good stuff. Words right from my mouth. Shouts to Trip West, just overall, like awesome, nice work. And shouts to Virginia. It is for lovers. Very well done, as always, Luke. Guys, be sure to tell us what you think about the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast. You can message us right there on our Facebook page. And we love hearing from you. We're not hearing from you enough. Is anybody listening? Guys, tell us something. Give us some feedback. What do we do right? What do we do wrong? What would you like to see? What do you not like to see or hear? Tell us something. Message us right there on our podcast. I mean, on our Facebook page and let us know what's going on. Or you can either, you can it. Wow. Luke, you it's can. the bacon. It's the bacon. Blame it on the bacon. I'm already. I can taste it. It shouts the, to the bacon. The smell is flowing in. You can at either Luke or myself on Twitter. Luke is of course at Luke Bogacki, B O G A C K I. I am at JP11X. Great show. Love talking to you guys. Oh, 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 sorry. Oh, I don't mean. I don't mean to delay the bacon. Down. I forgot one. I had it on my other shout out list. Shouts to Jimmy Francisco. Jimmy, my buddy. Long time member of This Is Bracket Racing Elite, faithful podcast listener. Jimmy got his first win. I believe his first win of his race career over the weekend. I believe it was at Stanton, Michigan, up at Mid Michigan Motorplex, and sent me a message to tell me this. Is, I, I guess I had to share this A because I thought it was cool, B because it defends me just a little bit. But Jimmy's plan, and he told his buddy about it. Hey, if I win this race, me or you, I think they had a they had a deal. Win this race, we're going to get the shootout. Hashtag shoots for Gary, right? Jimmy oh, Francisco. cool. Wins the race, super excited, thinks to pull the shoot, like, as he makes the turnoff, no shoot. Just like I did. So, see, it's <laughs> not as easy as it sounds. I love hashtag shoots for Gary. That's awesome. That's a good one. That's a good one. So, shouts to Jimmy. 
Yeah, congrats, Jimmy Francisco. Love to love to see that guy getting the win there. That's awesome. So that wraps us up, guys. Again, enjoy talking to you about some racing. We got a huge list of races to talk about next time we get together. In the meantime, enjoy next week's interview, and we'll talk to you again soon about sportsman drag racing. Go get that bacon. <laughs> Enrollment in This Is Bracket Racing Elite is now open. You've heard me discuss, or at least reference, This Is Bracket Racing Elite. It is the premier offering of our website, thisisbracketracing.com. Elite is a membership community designed specifically to help you get from where you are today as a racer to who you want to be as a racer. Led by knowledgeable professionals, Justin Lamb and myself are longtime instructors and we bring in a host of guests, racers that you know, racers that you respect, led by knowledgeable instructors and surrounded by supportive peers that are ultimately striving for the same goal in their own unique way. The truth is at each event, there are a hundred plus entries, there's one winner. At the end of each season, there's one champion. That feeling, not so much the money, not so much the trophy, that feeling of achievement, that sense of accomplishment, that tip of the cap from your peers, that's why we do this. You can dream of that feeling all you want, or you can take action, take steps toward becoming that racer. If you're ready to take the first step, this is Bracket Racing Elite is for you. Enrollment is open now for a limited time. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite before we close the doors again on December the 8th. <laughs>